0: You are listening to the Feast Podcast from the Light of Jesus family. We share here significant and heartfelt messages for you to reflect on and pray about. May this message help prepare you to face your challenges, follow your dreams, and open yourself up to God's unlimited blessings.
1: Let me give you our big message for today. I'll give it to you and then we'll... I'll explain it afterwards, all right? So if you could do me the quick favor of turning to the person next to you and tell that person, give your kingdom to the king. Give your kingdom, give your kingdom to the king. Just a quick show of hands. How many of you here are business people, businessmen, entrepreneurs? Raise your hand. Wonderful. Wonderful. I was, I'm a businessman myself. Been in business all my life. Never worked a single day in a corporate office. The closest I've ever gotten to a boss is probably my wife because, well, she's always the boss, plus my mom. But, you know, you can always tell that, you would tell just by looking at me, that that, that kid or that guy is not a corporate guy. Why? Because I'm always wearing casual clothes. I'm always wearing a t-shirt. And jeans. In fact, because I do that so much, it got me into so much trouble when I was start, starting out in business. I would show up in meetings wearing nothing but a V-neck shirt and jeans, you know. And other other people would be wearing coat and tie. I own one formal coat and pants. That's it. And and, and in fact, even just two weeks ago, I gave a recollection talk to some judges and chief justices. And then I didn't even notice it at first until someone, a good friend of mine, saw the photo and made a comment and said, you But ng worship? <laughs> you know, and I didn't really think about it because I'm so used to it. I've improved a lot, by the way. Now I wear a t-shirt and then I just throw a jacket over it. But one of my biggest obstacles when I was starting out in business is that our office was just right beside the townhouse where we lived in. So picture this. My office was 20 steps away from my bed. So can you imagine? I would show up many days just wearing pajamas. So guess what happened after? I would be back in bed even before lunchtime, right? Because I, was, I wasn't dressed for the occasion. I wasn't dressed for work. I was dressed to go to bed. I was dressed to go to nap. Here's one thing that you need to learn, all right? And I'm completely preaching this to myself. If you want to change your habits, if you want to change your life, you have to learn how to dress for the occasion. Can you say that with me? Dress for the occasion. Yes. Touch the person next to you and say, dress for the occasion. Yes. That's right. You're going to work, then dress up for work. You're going a vacation, dress up for a vacation. After a while, I realized that nothing was going to happen in my life if I was always in the house sleeping and playing Xbox. So I did something very different. I started showering. I started wearing good clothes to work. And you know what happened? All of a sudden, I felt this sudden energy take over me. I was more excited to report to the office. I was more productive. I had more purpose. Practical tip to all the people who work at home. Who works at home here? Yes? Yes? When you work at home, even if you're at home, you dress up for work. You know, you don't, don't wear shorts and pajamas because that, that's going to affect your perspective, alright? That's what you do. That's a practical thing. Let me teach you a new word for today, okay? The word is curate. Say curate. Curate is a very new word. It's a buzzword that people use nowadays to express something when they can't seem to choose because there's so many options that's available to us right now, yes? So they hire experts to do what? To curate their day. All right? Curate means to simply organize a collection of items wherein each item is pre selected, pre designed, and pre arranged to produce a very specific experience. Did you know that God has given you the power to curate your kingdom? You can curate everything in your life your schedule, your itinerary, your, your agendas, even the values in your life. You, can curate, you have the power to do that. Here's what will happen when you curate your kingdom you eventually recreate your entire world. But what areas in your life can you curate? You want to know? Let me give you two areas in your life. The first one, you can curate the people in your life. Curate the people in your life. Very important because I think that it's so important that we choose the people that we hang out with on a regular basis. I'm not talking about that you should go out and, you know, just choose the right people for you. You should ignore the rest. No, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying the truth is, not everyone who is good to you is good for you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes? So you got to choose the people that you devote your time to. Why? Because your time is limited. We only have a few hours left because most of us spend it in bed, sleeping, yes? So choose the people that you will allow into your life to speak to you, to influence you, to nourish you. The Bible also says in Proverbs that guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. Guard your heart. Notice that the word heart is in singular form because God understood and He knows that when He made you, He only gave you one heart. Some people give away their hearts like it's confetti, like it's on wholesale. Don't do that. Your heart is only meant for one person. This is Marriage 101 right here. You know, the Bible simply says two commandments. What's the first commandment? Love God. What's the second commandment? Love others, yes? We're supposed to love everyone. But here's the key. Loving everyone doesn't mean you allow everyone to step into your life. Jesus loved everyone, but He didn't allow everybody to gain access into the innermost sanctuaries of His life. He only chose a handful of people. Guard your heart simply means you get to choose who give, you give your heart to. And choose well. Guard it well. You want peace in your life? Yes? Choose the right people that you will, you will permit to possess and play a part in your life. Alright? Here's the second thing. You can curate your perspectives. Curate your perspectives. Say perspectives. What do I mean by that? You got to change the stuff that you consume. Change what you read, listen, and watch. Because all these things, they impact your perspective. Let me give you some examples. There was a time in my life when, I, when all I ever watched were horror movies. Like nonstop horror movies. Like horror movie marathon. My mom knows this. First choice, it will be a horror movie because I would love always being on the edge of my seat. And you know, I still do. I still do. But nowadays, because my time is so limited, you know, I'm juggling work and ministry and family life and relationships and all these things, that now I'm choosing the movies that I watch. I'm very careful with the things that I watch. I I, I choose movies that will inspire me, motivate me, and number one, it should make you and give you rest, okay? Okay. I'll tell you something about that later. Another thing, I used to listen a lot. There was a time when I used to listen to a lot of angry music. You know what angry music is? It's music for angry people. That's angry music. It's basically music that's, too, that's loud enough that it'll make your ears bleed, all right? So I used to listen to a lot of angry music, da 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 da, you know, stuff like that. And I still do. But only when I'm in the gym, because when I'm lifting, you know, you need to be angry, like the hawk. Nowadays, when I'm alone, when I'm driving in the car, I prefer to listen to podcasts. You know, my favorite speakers. I I follow Joyce Meyer, for example. She has a podcast on Spotify. Follow her every day and she'll feed right into your soul. And then on Instagram, I started following all my favorite preachers. Brother Bo Sanchez, Brother Alvin Barcelona, Brother Odi Villaraza. You know, follow these people. They're going to feed right into your soul. Why am I doing that? It's not because I'm trying to grow Angel Swings right here. It's because I believe that you need to control what you consume. What are you watching right now? What are you reading right now? What are you listening to right now? What are you eating right now? You got to watch what you consume. Because the Bible says in in the Psalms, I will not set before my eyes anything that is worthless. The contents that you consume, listen to this. The contents you consume will create the character that you will assume. Let me say it again in case it didn't penetrate. The contents you consume will create the character you will assume. Here's my bottom line. Go ahead, that's a good place to clap. Here's my bottom line, alright? If you want your life to change, your habits to change... You have to treat your life as though it's a kingdom. Say kingdom. Kingdom. Because a kingdom will always need to be protected, yes? A kingdom kingdom will always have guards and gates and moats and walls. You got to learn how to guard it well. Because the truth is there are far too many things that are so valuable. In your life. So don't just let anything or anybody in. You got to guard it well. Why? Because your peace is too important. Your, your hope is too important. Your heart is too important. Your faith is too important. God is in your life. Protected with all your heart. Make God the king of your kingdom. Can you touch the person next to you one more time and tell them, Give your kingdom to the king. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word, we thank you for the message, and we pray that this morning it penetrates deep into our souls so that it can change us, move us, and love us. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, Amen. amen. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. And a light unto my path. Clap your hands and give God this praise. Rasa,
0: Worship team, thank you. High five a few people around you and tell that person, you look terrific today. Yeah. Grab your seats, everybody. Touch somebody beside you. Tell that person, God will speak to you today. And I want you to preach to that person beside you our one big message. Tell that person, give your kingdom to the king. Say that. Give your kingdom to the king. Give your kingdom to the king. You know, when I was a kid, you know, I was listening to audio. When when I was a kid, I'm reminded that I didn't like to take a bath. Do I have some classmates here? I mean... kind of like, you don't know why, like, you know, you're a kid, you think that taking a bath is a waste of time. I remember one day, I came from school, and then I was watching TV. My mom comes along. My mom sees how dirty I am and says, Bo, take a bath. And you know what I told her? I did. I took a bath, mom, and I'm just watching TV. And my mom said, no, you did not. Yes, I did. When did you take a bath? And I and I and I told tell her uh, t- two days ago. You know? <laughs> and no, I no, go now, now, now. You know, so I go. And then you know, one minute later, I'm back watching TV. And and my mom said, "Did you take a bath?" Yes. No, you did not. You know. <laughs> yes. You know. And you, you, you're, maybe you became moist or something. You just sprinkled water. Um, And then, of course, I got a crush. And, you know, when you get a crush, your life changes. So I started taking a bath. And, you know, instead of growing up, growing up, I remember that when I was single, I would take a bath once a day. When I got married, twice a day. You know, my my wife is so picky. It's like, I take take a bath in the morning, and then by, by nighttime, she says, you don't dare go to bed without taking a bath. Okay, so I, 20 years now, taking a bath twice a day. You change. When you change, your external world changes. That's the point I want to share with you today. Can everybody say outer renewal? Say that. Outer renewal. We're going to talk about a character in the Bible. We're going to go through his life. His name is King Solomon. Can everybody say King Solomon? Now, this guy, I'm gonna read to you how incredibly gifted he is. Everybody say, are you ready? We're gonna dig deep into the word. We're gonna read a lot of text. Are you ready? Ready to receive the word? Ready to receive his blessing. Are you ready? Say I'm ready. ready. 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 29 and 32 described as King Solomon. God gave Solomon unusual wisdom and insight, knowledge too great to be measured. Solomon was wiser than the wise men of the East, the wise men of Egypt. He was the wisest of all men. He composed, get this, 3,000 proverbs, more than a thousand. Talk about prolific, my gosh, a thousand songs. You know, he was so wise. Everybody say wise. Wise. But I want to share this with you that a person's strength does not protect him from his weakness. You've got to understand that. You've got to think about that. Let, plant that in the heart, in your heart, that y- you've got some strength. Yes or no? Some people say, huh, me? I said, no. You have strengths, believe me. Some of you, you've got mathematical skills. God bless you. Some of you have marketing skills. You're, you're talkative and, and you're, you're able to, you know, you're able to convince people. Wonderful. Some of you are handsome and beautiful. That's a strength. That's a strength, you know. You've got strength, but I am going to warn you. Warn you. Your strengths will not protect you from your weakness. If you've got 99% of your life, that's great. Your 1% weakness ...can cause your downfall. Are you listening to what I'm saying? This is very, very important. Solomon was very, very wise. You heard that from the Bible, right? Well, guess what? He had a weakness. And that weakness made him fall. Let's continue to read. 1 Kings 11 verse 1 and 2. Solomon loved foreign women. That was his weakness. Besides the daughter of the king of Egypt, he married the Hittite women and the women from Moab and Ammon and Edom and Sidon. Multiple flavors. (laughs) He married them even though the Lord had commanded the Israelites not to intermarry with his people because they would cause the Israelites to give their loyalty to other gods. I want you to understand that Solomon began to worship other gods because of these foreign Wives that he had. And can, I, can, can you ask that person beside you, tap that person on the shoulder and, and pinch if, if that person is, needs pinching and tell that person, ask that person, what is your 1% weakness? You need to be aware. You need to be aware of your weakness because your weakness, I don't care how strong you are in the 99%, it can cause your downfall. In fact, your strengths will make you hallucinate that you have no weakness. Well, am I ready to shock you? Can you be shocked? Are you ready? 1 Kings 11 verse 3 says, Solomon married 700 princesses and also 300 concubines, slave women, OMG, and they made him turn away from God there was this little girl goes to her teacher, 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 I didn't know King Solomon loved animals. And the teacher said, why? And the little girl said, well, because he has 300 porcupines. No, not porcupines. Concubines, concubines. The, now, li- listen to me. What, what I want to share with you, my, my big message is that you need to give your kingdom to your king. But but can I, get a, can I give a side message? I can't resist. I, wa- I want to give this side message. May I? If God were to give me the ability to time travel, I would go to the year 954 BC and request for a private audience with King Solomon. And in front of King Solomon, I will tell him, King Solomon... You only have 1,000 wives. I beat you. I have 7,548. And King Solomon, of course, will be astounded. And he will say, wow, King Bo, how, how did you accumulate such a harem? And I will answer, oh, because when I was 32 years old, I fell in love with this one woman. And she became a flower to me. And I watered her with my love every day. And King Solomon will interrupt me and say, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Fast forward. How about the seven thousand five hundred? You know what? Wives." And we say, "Wait, wait, wait a minute." And and this flower, you know, I she she I watered her with my love, and she bloomed and grew and flourished. And every day she became more beautiful and more mysterious and. G- g- King Bo, please, fast forward. I I want to know about the 7,500. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait for my punchline. I'm I'm not yet with my punchline. This is just a setup. And I loved her so much every day that when I wake up, it's like she's a different person. She's so filled with magic and mystery. I tell myself, There's always something new to discover in this woman. I've been married, King Solomon, for 7,548 days. And that's why. That's why. I believe adultery happens. Everybody say, I'm listening. I believe adultery happens when that spouse of yours loses her mystery, his mystery. When you think you've figured her all out, when you know everything about that person already and boxed her in and categorized her and labeled her, I'm telling you, no, don't do that. The reason why my marriage is strong is because every day I wake up and I say, I'm going to discover something wonderful about my wife today. And it's going to be new, and it's going to be awesome, and it's going to be amazing. And, and I want to preach that to you. You know, I beat King Solomon, and, and, and you can too. Okay, can we go back to my big lesson now? Here's my big message. King Solomon last th- f- fell. We're going to do an autopsy of why King Solomon fell. Are you ready? Four mistakes. He did 382, I don't know what, mistakes, but we're going to focus on four of them. The first one, he mostly surrounded himself with idol worshipers. Can you say that with me? He mostly <laughs> surrounded himself with idol worshipers. Now, I want to give a caveat to that because in Scripture, it is very, very clear that God wants us to actually hang out with idol worshipers. No kidding. Mark chapter 2 verse 17 is the foundation of the feast. It is not the healthy who need a doctor, says Jesus, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous but sinners. The reason why we have the feast is because Jesus hung out with prostitutes and drunkards and tax collectors. And he was criticized by that. So it is our call to befriend Those who are worldly and those who are far from God and the irreligious. God's call is that, but, everybody say, "But." but. For most of the time of Jesus, he spent with his band of brothers. He spent with Peter and James and John and the apostles. That's where his strength comes from. My dear friends, what happened to Solomon was he lacked balance. Can everybody say balance? I bet that when he was young, he had a band of brothers. But you know, when you're the wisest man in the room, you get proud. It's called hubris. Can everybody say that fancy word? When you become arrogant, you you start saying, I don't need you, I don't need you, I don't need you anymore. And he hung out with these foreign women, and these foreign women dragged him to worship Chemosh and Astoreth and Baal and all these foreign gods. If there's a brother beside you, tell that brother, hold his hand and say, you need a band of brothers. If there's a woman beside you, tell that sister, you need a squad of sisters. You, 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 need, you, you need a group of people who will call you farther and higher and deeper. People who will make you better and stronger and wiser. Bottom line, people who will bring you closer to Jesus you need those groups. You, you, you need that people. You need to spend time. I pray you find them at the feast. I really do. In Ecclesiastes, I'll read that for you. Lovely verse. Where is that? Chapter 4, verse 9. Two are better off than one because together they can work effectively. If one of them falls down, the other can help him up. But if someone is alone and falls, it's just too bad. Because there is no one to help him. Can you hold someone's hand? magaspang? Can you can you hold that person? Look that person in the eye and say this in Tagalog. Kailangan kita. You you do, you do, you do. Here's the thing: you need to set up your growth by hanging out with growing people. Do you want to grow? Hang out with people that are growing. Here's number two. Are you ready for second mistake? Solomon stopped meditating on the Word. He stopped. You might say, Brother Bo, how do you know this? I'm I'm telling you, I'm going to go through Scripture. In the the book of Deuteronomy, the law of Moses talked about kings. And one of the things that, that the law says, Deuteronomy 17, 18 to 20, when he becomes king, any king of Israel... He is to have a copy of the book of God's law and teachings made from the original copy kept by the Levitical priests. Verse 19. He, the king, is to keep this book near him and read from it all his life so that he will learn to honor the Lord and obey faithfully everything that is commanded in it. This will keep him from thinking that he is better than any other Israelites. To keep him from arrogance. You know what? I, I, I just want to say this to you. Can I say this with you? Uh, to you, I'm, I'm really, really grateful that you're here. You, thank you for prioritizing God and committing to the feast. Thank you that every Sunday, you're telling yourself, God first, I'm going there. Every Sunday, no, no, no negotiations. No, no, I'm, I'm, t- can you tell somebody besides you, congratulations for being here? But I need to say this to you too. The feast is not enough. How, how many times do you eat once a week? I hope not. You, how many of you eat more than every day? You, you eat every day, yes? You must create the daily discipline of digging deep into God's Word. You, you need to. You, you just need to. Everybody say, I need to. You, you need to. You, you can't just live on once a week. Like every day, get Didache and Sabbath and Companion. Those are the simplest things you can do. You know, use that. Open that page. Get the Bible reading for the day. Reflect on it. Write a few words. Pray about it. You know, five minutes, ten minutes a day. You can do that. Yes! And, and, and there's an app for those of you who want to use your phone. Just download the Feast app. The companion is there. The Didache is there. The Word of God is there. You know, every day. I want you to elbow someone really hard until the ribcage breaks. Can you tell that? Just elbow and say, do it! Meditate, Meditate on the Word. You know, there's a Bible class Starting May 1, we're going to talk about the book of James, the most, one of the most practical books of the Bible. You know, go to the lobby, find out more about it. It's also in, it's also in our bulletin. For 11, Monday, 11 Wednesday, you, you, you talk about, you talk about uh, the Bible and study more about it. Here's mistake number three. Solomon followed the wrong example. Everybody say that with me. Because again, from the book of Deuteronomy, it says, the king is not to have many wives because this would make him turn away from the Lord. You know what? That was the law. But Solomon broke that law. But guess what? His father, David, broke that law as well. 2 Samuel 5.13 After moving from Hebron to Jerusalem, David took more concubines and wives and had more sons and daughters. So Solomon was the the son of King David. He saw his father marrying a lot of women, and King Solomon, instead of saying, that's wrong, you know what he said? That's that's nice. Wow. I've got a lot of mummies. And what he did was he multiplied it. David had about eight wives that were named and a few others that were not. Solomon just, boom, a thousand. Have your parents sinned against God? Grandparents, have they? You have a choice. You can actually say, that's wrong. I will not do that. I'm going to follow Jesus. You have a choice. You do. You can actually say the cycle stops with me. I remember this guy, after the feast, he comes up. And you know when, when guys are emotional and they want to cry, they're going to stop their tears. And so there were no tears running down his cheeks, but, but his eyes were filled with tears like two swimming pools, you know. Brother Bo. And, and he poured his story. He, he said... My father was a womanizer. My grandfather was a womanizer. My uncles were womanizers. You can imagine how complicated our family tree was. And he said, One day I attended the feast and it changed my life. And I told myself, I'm going to be faithful to my wife. And And he said, my wife says that I've made you my peg. And I'm not ashamed. Yes, you are my peg. Brother Bo, every time you talk about how much you love your wife, I tell myself, I will not be like my dad. I will not be like my lolo. I will not be like my uncle. I'm going to be like Brother Bo. I'm going to love my wife. For the past six years, I've been faithful to my wife. And and he said that with tears. Tears in his eyes. For six years, I've been faithful to my wife. You know, and, and, I, and, I, and I say, yeah, yeah, that's it. That's the way to go. That's the way to live. My dear friends, my dear brothers and sisters, that man, he stopped the curse in his life. You got what I'm saying? The curse was being handed from one generation to another and he said, excuse me, no thank you. I will not get that curse. The cycle stops with me. The cycle stops in my generation. You can say those words too. If your parents sinned against God in whatever way, whether it be greed or whether it be lust or where, oh, I don't know what, what sin they committed. You can say right now, the cycle stops. With You've got to say, don't be another Solomon. And then the, the, the last mistake, the last mistake, number four, Solomon presumed that he owned his wealth. Because it's so clear in the, in the law of Moses, it says here, Deuteronomy 17 again, He's not to make himself rich with silver and gold, which is a funny thing to say to a king, right? <laughs> but, but that's the law. You're, you're, you know, the, whatever wealth you have, it doesn't belong to you. Um, I was trying to think of a, like a modern-day equivalent of a King Solomon. That the only one I can think of is Sultan of Brunei. Do you know how, how, how rich that guy is? He has 5,000 exotic cars. He has 300 Ferraris. I only have one. He has 300. He has 600 Rolls Royces. I only have one Mercedes. My Ferrari and my Mercedes, you want to see them? Go to my office. It's in my shelf behind me. It's four inches. My Ferrari, my Mercedes. The Sultan of Brunei, you know, has... 600 Rolls Royces King Solomon you can imagine would be richer than that sultan are you getting what I'm saying? he would be richer because the Bible says that every year King Solomon received over 25 tons of gold 1 Kings 10-14 it's there 25 tons of gold my gosh can everybody stand up? What I, a businessman was telling me this, heart to heart. He told me, Brother Bo, a few years ago, my business, my business profits multiplied tenfold. It was a fantastic year. But that was the year my sexual temptations multiplied tenfold as well. If you think that, you know, a blessing can become a curse if you're not careful. And that's what happened to him. You know, when he got incredibly profitable in his business, he had all this money. It got into his head. And he began to think, I can do anything. And the women came. He said he almost lost his marriage. Thanks be to God, he was able to hold on to God. Great men fall. You understand me? Great men. I don't care how great you are. You can fall. If you don't understand that you're a king of a kingdom, you, you, you have a kingdom. You do. Your relationships, your career, your future, your health, your hobbies, your recreation, your friends. That's your kingdom. And you're a king. Today, I want you to know that great men and women, they fall. And you need to go to the king of all kings to give your kingdom to that king. Can I invite you to do that? In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Just say this prayer with me. Jesus, my kingdom, my life, my future is yours. I cry out to you now. Sit upon the throne. Rule over my life. In Jesus' name. My dear friends, I want you to make a decision that the cycle stops here. The curse of the family stops in your generation. Yes? Say that with me. Jesus, the cycle stops with me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Light of Jesus family. For more messages like these, please visit lightfam.com slash podcasts.